All right, BMX race fans, it is time for another edition of the TBMX podcast show. I miss you all. It's me here, Tyler Brown, hanging out, chatting with you guys by myself, drinking another cup of coffee, trying to get warmed up on this thing. I tell you what, we just got home from Worlds. I'm pretty jet lagged. Hold on, let me have a drink of coffee. Mm. Yes, I'm pretty jet lagged. I think I woke up at like 3.30 a.m. this morning, been out to the track, worked on it a little bit, all that fun stuff. And I was like, you know what? It is really time for me to do another podcast. It's been too long. Uh, for everybody that bugs me all the time and says, hey, where are you at? You still do this anymore? I apologize. I've been slacking. I know I have been. Uh, but let me update you guys with my life since the last podcast. It's been pretty crazy. Uh, let's see. I think last podcast we talked a little bit about me messing up my back. So I've been dealing with that and it's just been was a bit of pain in the butt, literally a pain in the back. Um, just trying to figure out what was wrong with the injury, how, what I can do, what I can't do, all that kind of stuff. And so I was dealing with that. We had a ton of stuff going on at the racetrack. When when it comes to summertime out of the track, like I think I'm out there 60 hours on a slow slow week. So I also uh, with this little thing going on, I had a I had a baby in the mix there. So that was pretty exciting. Um, pretty cool to have uh, have our kid and just trying to spend as much time with her as I can. But that's been minimal just because I've been gone out. Of, I've either been out of the country or been in the track so much. So. That's kind of what's been going on here here with me and why I haven't done the podcast. Not that it's a good excuse, but again, it's just so much going on here. At summertime, it's been hard to hard to even find an extra 20 minutes for you guys and just to put something out. Although I've thought a ton about it and I've wanted to. I've just been spending as much time as I possibly can with uh, my new little girl. So instead of instead of sitting here on my phone like I am now, just cuddling up with her and, and trying to get to know her a little bit better and, and, and playing dad. So that's why I have been gone and haven't been putting anything out lately. So I apologize. I hope you all didn't forget about me, but we got to get into it. We got tons of stuff to talk about. We just finished up the UCI World Championship. It was actually the biggest world championship in the history of races. I beat out Rock Hill by, I think, like 40-some riders and one extra country. So I think they had over 3,700-some riders in 49 different countries represented. So pretty cool to be a part of that event for everybody that went out there. And it was it was crazy. So the, the hot topic of the internet, why does Team USA suck? Man, that's all you see on Facebook is USA bashing. Uh, I was a little bit bummed out to, to hear about all the all that everybody's hating on Team USA, but let's break it down a little bit because I think for all the armchair quarterbacks that were sitting at their home and not riding this track and not going over there and knowing and not really knowing what's going on, uh, it's kind of brutal for everybody to bash Team USA and say what's going on. So let me shed a little insight. I'm not saying I'm going to change your mind. I'm not saying my opinion matters. It does or it doesn't. But I just want you all to know all the facts before you just say how Team USA sucks and we didn't get enough medals. So, uh, number one, let's go over, I'll, I'll talk about my racing real quick. Well, no, I'll talk about, I'll talk about the amateurs as a whole. So here's the problem is we go over to the other side of the world. You do a long flight, you're doing all kinds of stuff. And for everybody hating on team USA, saying how bad the amateurs were like the track was hard. Okay. It was, it was a technical track. It was maybe something that's on par for the regular amateurs, uh, over in Europe and stuff like that. But, but the track was tricky. I struggled with it myself plenty of times. I I didn't ride I didn't get an opportunity to ride that much and, and I struggled on it. So the track was hard. And the thing is, everybody's like, Oh, that's why we need to make USA tracks harder and stuff like that. Like 
Yeah, I agree. I think USA could have harder tracks out there, 100%. I'm not arguing that. But the biggest issue is the fact that you go to the other side of the world and you're going to maybe get three to four laps around the track max. And if you are able to get four laps, you need to be in staging 45 minutes before your practice starts easily. So you're going to have to sit in this staging for 45 minutes. You don't get to go onto the track warm. You're going to sit there, cool down, and you're going to do four laps with maybe 20 minutes rest in between. And that 20 minutes is like shoving your bike and trying to fight for every little inch in staging that you can work your way up to get that one extra lap in there. I myself, I got three to four laps a day. And again, it's 20 minutes in between each lap. So if you do any kind of first lap warm up, just trying to figure the track out, then you only have three laps left and you pretty much just have to go full, full lap from the gate to the finish line and hope that you can figure everything out. So all these people online are hating on Team USA saying, oh, we don't have the adequate skill, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't matter how much skill you may or may not have. I want to see anybody out in this world go out and figure the track out in three laps. Furthermore, we're headed over to Europe and we're racing on a track that's in everybody else's backyard that had been living over there. They've had the European... They had a European round there not that long ago. That track's open to the public. People have been spending time over there. So we're going over into their backyard, and we're jumping on a track that most of them already know, and we're trying to figure it out in three laps. So it's it's kind of difficult. Like I said, I myself, like, I struggled, and I've, ride, I've ridden these tracks a bunch, and, and granted, I haven't had much bike time going into this, but it's hard. So that was the biggest thing that I wanted to put across to everybody that was on the internet bashing Team USA is it doesn't really matter where you're from. And I know other cut other people from South America and stuff like that, they went out and they won and they, that's awesome for them and they got the track figured out. And But realistically, during motos, you're still trying to figure out the track and you're still trying to adapt. So all those people that again were bashing Team USA just kind of understand the situation a little bit more that it wasn't like the riders sucked and they were just getting their butts kicked like we just kind of went in with not an adequate practice time on the track and need to try to figure stuff out and some of our USA riders were able to figure it out and a lot of us weren't so um, I don't really know what else to say other other than that on that note but just Again, before you guys all bash USA and say how our programs suck and all this stuff is wrong, just make sure you know the full situation going into it is is it was a hard race out there. You had the world's best that were over there and you didn't necessarily have the best riders from Team USA headed over there. So maybe that's why we didn't get the medals that that everybody wanted to see. And that kind of brings me to the next subject is a lot of people were hating on Team USA, like saying like, oh, well, these kids are just happy to be a, a world's participant and... They, they weren't really there to win and all that kind of stuff. Please know that there is three over 3,700 riders that participated in that event. You can't tell me that all of those people thought that they were realistically going to win the world championship. When you have a big event like that and you have that many people show up, you can't forget that a lot of people are literally over there for vacation time. And they want to incorporate BMX into it. And that's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with people loving BMX and just wanting to go to an event and spend some time with their family and and be a part of something cool, be a part of a BMX race. So I think a lot of us that are like full-time BMXers and we do this all the time and, you know, I myself included in this, like... I forget sometimes that there's a fun side of BMX because it's kind of my job all the time. And I forget, I literally do sometimes forget about like 
just hanging out at the BMX track for fun. And that's what people just want to do. So you had a plenty of people from America that went over and went to a European vacation. They went over and saw Paris and visited this place and that place and threw the BMX race into it because they wanted to go ride a different track, say that they were part of Team USA and then watch the elites go and all that fun stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with people enjoying BMX and having fun. So maybe a little less bashing on Team USA and a little more support. And again, that's just kind of my side of the story. And the the track was tricky out there. There was no time to practice. And it is what it is. So uh, that brings me up to next subject, my racing. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of bummed about it. I finished out world number five for the year. And that was definitely a disappointment. I'll be honest, I maybe rode two weeks into before leading up to this event we had summer camp going on and like I said a baby I wasn't sleeping at all and and not that it's it's an excuse but I just came in super unprepared Uh, I haven't raced since April and haven't really rode much leading into it and I was honestly like I was contemplating not racing after after practice I struggled out there just my right leg still isn't working and I was having a hard time getting through some of the straightaways and more importantly just being safe out there the last thing I wanted to do is crash and send myself home beat up and, and not able to ride anymore. So I was considering not racing. I was, and then all of a sudden on race day, I started cracking off some good qualifiers and motos. I won my second round, third round, I won my semi. And then all of a sudden I'm like, dang, all right, well maybe, maybe let's go for another world champs. And, uh, I hit the gate really hard in my semi. And in the main event, I just, I just overthought it. And I was like, don't, don't hit the gate, don't hit the gate. And I overthought it a little too much and was laid out of the gate and, and got beat. So my hat's off to the guy who won. I'm really stoked for him. Um, he seemed like a super nice guy. I haven't really chatted with him too much before, but he was really excited to win. And he was the better man that day. There was nothing that I can uh, I can say. I, I definitely would have wanted a rematch. Um, and I was I was super, super bummed at how things turned out because uh, it is I, I do like saying that I was the world champ and that was a pretty cool thing. But at the end of the day, the guy who won, he definitely deserved it and can't take anything away from him, but just congratulate him. He did an awesome job. So look forward to hopefully having a rematch with him sometime in the future and, and get back on the gate and race with him. And I'd like to bring a little heat and see what we could put together. So hopefully next year we get to battle it out again. Uh, on to the pro racing. Oh my gosh. That was some of the craziest racing action I've seen in a long time. So part of my, one of my jobs is to, to help coach with USA cycling. So pretty much as soon as the amateurs and myself was done racing, I had a protein shake and took off my Jersey and put on the team USA shirt and grabbed the video camera and and headed out to practice. Hold on coffee break. Mm. And of course, just like in Baku last year, the weather was beautiful. It was super hot. We actually had, it had record breaking temperatures out there. It was, I think on Thursday, it was the hottest day the country's ever seen in like the last 30 years or ever for that matter. So the weather was just absolutely beautiful. The junior elite riders walk up the hill and as soon as they get on the track for practice, the wind starts blowing. And next thing you know, by the time their practice is done, it is just absolutely pouring down rain. So they had a hold on practice for about a couple hours waited for that to go and we were able to finish out some practice for the night but just typical it seems like these last few years everything's good for the amateurs which is awesome but as soon as the elites start going just the weather's a mess so we got through practice day and uh, race day number one same kind of thing we started the day off with with rain throughout practice and it was just it was just kind of a long morning dealing with the rain dealing with a couple practice sessions and everybody got going races started and they're actually able to get through all the motos without any rain and I just I was so impressed like watching people like this this track it was 
kind of cool, but it sucked at the same time. Like I really didn't like how tight it was because there was really nothing that could really separate the riders. And I think that's why we saw a lot of crashes is people were just so tight. Like a race like Poppendall, there wasn't, there's not as many crashes because they don't go into the turn, like literally stacked up on top of each other. But I did really like the jumps on the track in the respect that like, I think I saw three or four different lines down the first straightaway. They were all equally as fast, but catered to that specific rider and their skill set. We saw some guys pull manualing jumps that I didn't even think were even possible to do with that speed. We saw guys just full gas jump and stuff, a combo of everything. And it was really cool to kind of watch the riders just do different lines down the first straightaway. Once you got out of the first straightaway, it was kind of, it was a little bit single file and the track was pretty hard to pass on just because there wasn't a lot of opportunities. The track was kind of not, I don't, I don't know if I'd say it was really narrow, but it was just pretty hard to pass on. So that was, that was kind of that we got, like I was saying, we got back through the motos and no rain. And then we had a bit of a a break. And and again, like everybody's hating, like, oh, this break sucks. Why are we taking a break? And I think sometimes we have to be okay as riders to sit back and look at the bigger picture. Like there's probably a reason why there was an hour and a half break. And that's because they had a TV schedule. They had it on live TV. They were filming for television. They have certain things scheduled at certain times. So you know, if we want our sport to progress onto that next level, and TV is a big part of it, and it was really, really cool to see NBC, see the BMX World Championship on NBC here and all over the world to have that be played. Sometimes you got to be okay sitting out for an hour and a half, and if that means that the rain comes, well, as much as it sucks, like, the rain came. So it was funny. As soon as we were done with that break, I'm not kidding. When they started announcing the first Elite Men 1-8th final, the rain started pouring. Like literally while they were announcing it, we had no rain for a couple hours. And then it started raining right when the elite men were back on the gate. So it turned into a rain race the rest of the day. And it was, it was crazy to watch all the guys and girls out there. Like they put on a crazy show. The crowd was absolutely packed. Uh, the energy in the area, like you could feel it. It was when some of those harder rounds, like you would get goosebumps watching the guys up on the gate. And it was really cool to see kind of like, everything that BMX should be like if there was more events like that throughout the year that would be just that would be awesome the stands were packed there was flags waving like everybody was so pumped and and to be there and just be a you know a former rider myself in situations like that like man I would have just dreamed of been able to be up on the gate and compete with those guys it was it was really cool there's a lot of people out in the stands and everybody's having a good time and even though it was raining like the show must go on and all those riders put on a, a really good show uh, to kind of go through the classes a little bit, the junior uh, women class, um, the the USA, we were able to get two girls in the final. We got we got Peyton in there, who she actually whole shotted the, the main event. Uh, I think she was going to struggle around the track a little bit with a couple of the other girls um, because they they just kind of had the track down a little bit more. Not to say Peanut did it, but didn't, but they just had it down a little more. But it was cool to see her and, and Skittles, Mackenzie Gayhart, both get in that final. I think they walked away with a fourth and a sixth place, respectively. So they, they did awesome. They rode hard. Uh, Skittles just did her thing and worked her way around the pack really good. And I saw her get some of the best first rates that I've ever seen her get with some of the other girls. So hats off to her. And uh, Peanut, she, she did really good. She Not not to say she, she impressed me because I know how fast she is, but it was really cool to watch her whole shot some of those bigger or some of those later rounds like the semis and the mains and stuff like that and a good challenge for her out there. It was awesome to see that she really stepped up and did her thing. Uh, On to the junior men category. We had one lone USA rider in there, Cameron Wood. The guy's pretty much the top dog here in the USA, he pretty much wins everything. So I was really excited to kind of watch him and see how he did against the international riders. Unfortunately, I was a little bit 
bummed for him. And I think I know he was bummed himself. He ended up not making the final. I think he really could have too. I think the biggest issue with him was maybe just the weather that he looked a little timid in some of the turns and stuff like that, considering it was wet. And I think the Euro guys kind of just, they were a little bit more okay and comfortable in that situation than he was. Not to say he did anything bad because he really he really rode good out there. It's just I think the other riders were a little bit more aggressive with him and or than him in some of the turns and stuff like that. And I think that kind of cost him. So I don't know what he ended up not making it to the main event. I don't know what place he got in the semi, but that was kind of the end of it. And we saw one of the young French kids ended up taking the win, and uh, he did he did awesome. Um, it was he pole manual the first jump, different lines on the first straightaway, like we said, and he he held it down from start to finish. So. Good, uh, good race there. The G- there was a GB rider that he he was looking good in the final, and I think he'd been going fast all day. Unfortunately, he took a spill in that round or in the main event, and uh, the French kid ended up winning and walking away from it. So another one goes back to France. It's kind of continuing the 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 French and, and Dutch domination. I was told by one of the one of the coaches on site that I think the kid who won the Worlds, he's won it in 15-year-old boys, 16-year-old boys, and now as a first-year junior, he won the junior elite title. So he's got three world champs, or the last three world champs he's won. So I'm excited to see what he can continue to put together. And if he were able to win next year, I think he'd be the second junior in history to win back-to-back junior world titles. I don't think that's ever been done, except for maybe by Sam. I think he did it a handful of years ago. So we'll see what he could do there for next year. Uh, as far as the elite women go, uh, Team USA, we ended up getting two girls in the final. We got Elise and Felicia. You guys all, I think at this point, kind of kind of know know the results and who did what and stuff like that. Um, but this is just kind of my insight and overview on, on the day's events. With Team USA, we had a couple other girls. We had Sophia. Unfortunately, she took a, a few crashes out there. She didn't make it out of motos. And we had Ashley... Verhagen get in there and race a little bit too I think Ashley I would have I was hoping to she would bring a little bit more to the table I think she's really fast here on the U.S. and she just looked a little bit out of her element racing that world cup scene again or world championship like world cup scene I think she's got more in there for sure and I think if she had a little bit more experience back in the mix with these girls so she used to race all the world cups for team USA a handful of years ago kind of took a step back and hasn't really done much of it but I hope this one didn't discourage her because I, I definitely think that she's quick and she could have <clears throat> have a little bit more uh, for for those girls once she gets it comfortable again. Danny George is out, also out there as well. Uh, to be honest, I don't know exactly how far she made it, but unfortunately not in those finals. So come final time, we had, uh, you all obviously know the results. Elise ended up taking the win, which I was, I was impressed with her final lap. Um, Elise kind of looked like she struggled a little bit throughout the day. We saw her crash in that first round. She made a few mistakes kind of just when she was racing in some of the earlier rounds and she really held it together during the main event and I was I was impressed. We she had a first straightaway like we all know that Elise has uh, and she was able to ride the rest of the track smooth and, and hold it together all the way to the line. It was really cool to see Team USA bring back that world championship and my hat's off to her. She rode a really good lap. Smolders I think could have had a little bit more in that main event um, but she left the first turn a little bit open. She made a bit of a pass in the first turn with the French girl who ended up getting third, Axel. But uh, she didn't finish the move all the way and left the door open for, for the young French girl to get into second. And that put Smolders back to third. So Smolders had to move through the pack a lot to try to just even get to second. So there was no way on that tight of track. Like I said, there wasn't much passing. So there was no way that she was going to be able to get past Elise. And Elise just walked it on home to the finish line and was crowned the new world champ. So definitely congrats to her. For the elite men, like, 
that racing was, it was just unreal watching those riders out there throughout the whole day. Like, yeah, I think even from the eighth finals, like you, that easily could have been a main event. Like the, some of the eighth finals, it could have been the main event for sure. And by the time you got to the actual main event, like you had any one of those eight riders like easily could have won the world championship. And I wouldn't have been surprised. There's certain times when there's a fun, when a main event, like, and you know, like this guy or this guy or this guy's for sure probably going to win. And you'd be surprised if rider X ended up getting the win for that final. Like you could have told me any one of those guys could have won that main event, like hands down. And it ended up being just the craziest final that I think I had to watch 10 times to see everything that was going on. So Tuan, when the gate went down, Tuan got the gate of his life, not of his life. He just, he put it together when it counted. He had an unreal first straightaway and kind of just walked away from the competition. Like he had a killer lead going to the first turn. You had three guys going three wide into the first turn behind him. You had, you had Graf on the bottom, Anthony in the middle and Nick on top. And Graf was on the inside running his skinny tires. So he had to go to the top of the turn. When that happened, I was super, super bummed for the guy. Anthony ended up hitting the deck and uh, Anthony actually told me that he had the fastest lap time throughout the day or on, in its eighth final and some of the hat fastest field, uh, start hill times. So he was definitely riding really, really quick. But unfortunately, like he crashed in the first turn. So his race was done. He was on the ground. Then you had Tuan got the lead and everybody else started going through the second straightaway. Next thing you know, Tuan is, as you know, nose manualing down the landing of the second pro jump. Just full gas came up <laughs> really short trying to push down. And he started, he got back on the gas going into turn two. You had Graf and Joris just absolutely explode in such a gnarly crash. Joris hit the deck so hard in doing that also took out Ren Kuel and Evan. So next thing you know, you look back and who's in third place. The track's wide open. Anthony, I'm in turn two screaming at him to get up. There's no way he could hear me, but I'm like, come on, Anthony, get up, get up. I didn't even notice this until the video later. Neek pull pedal manual the first pro jump because he was so far behind so your guys who got second and third actually got tangled up in the crash in the first turn they had to pedal and manual through the pro section to get back on the gas to get two and three and then everybody else is kind of just picking themselves up off the ground and and finishing the lap so it was definitely a very very crazy final to watch uh to watch neek's coach he was up there on the second turn and he was just through the moon as any coach should be and I got to give props to that dude. He last year coached Smolders to the Elite Women victory and this time around coached Tuan to the Elite Men victory. So the last two years in a row, he's been able to coach the world champion and uh, definitely just shows his dedication and his passion for what he does. So my hat's off to him as a coach and we got, just got to keep watching out for those Dutch riders. I think they're going to keep bringing some heat. But that was it, was, it was an intense world championship. It was between the weather, how fast the riders were, how tight the track was. I haven't been to a race or experienced anything like that in in a while, and it was it was a really really cool event. So, although the weather was a pain in the butt, um, hats off to everybody at the UCI for pulling it off the way they did and putting on a good show. And uh, it was it was one for the record books. It was really fun to watch, and it just shows you when a big event is coming how much the level of the riders are just going to continue to step up. And I think we're just going to see more and more uh, as, as we head into this next Olympic season and the Olympics next year and everything like that. With that, Joris did have a pretty bad crash in the second turn. It was it was really hard to watch. He was kind of like in a ball, just really mangled up. And I looked down at the guy and he was completely knocked out. His eyes were open. I could see nothing but his whites in his eyes. His eyes were rolling back into his head. 
Actually, all of us coaches who were on top of turn two started screaming for the medics to get over there for him to just get immediate attention because he was pretty pretty badly beat up. Um, I think he had a broken collarbone, some broken ribs, and some internal bleeding. So, man, I just I hope Joris is okay. I hope I know he's got to get a couple surgeries. He spent some emergency time in the ICU, and then he's got to go back to France and he's got to get another surgery on his collarbone to get that kind of all locked up and stuff like that. So. But I think that's that's about a wrap on the world championship. I think that kind of covers all the classes and the and the event as a whole. It was it was really fun. It was a, a lot going on. Um, there was the track was the track was tricky. It was tight for the pros. There was a ton of people there. I don't know how the how the track managed it all. It was it the venue is pretty tight, so it was pretty impressive how they were able to pull everything off. Even though logistically it was a bit of a nightmare to where you park and how you get to things and everything like that, but everything ended up working out and another world championship is officially in the books. So where does that leave us next? Mm. Hold on. I had to grab another drink of coffee. Now we got to finish out. We still got the rest of the Supercross season. We have rock. We still got a ton of stuff going on. I'm actually, I'm home only home for about a week. I go to the Pan American games in Peru next week. So we have that coming up. Then there's Louisville on the USA scene. There's Louisville, Houston, Sarasota still left on the UCI series. We got one coming up in Rock Hill that I think that's going to be a real big one for the USA riders. Uh, we got the king of Rock Hill, Corbin Schraw. I'm looking to see what he can put together there. Hopefully bring some wins back for Team USA. Uh, then we'll go back down to Argentina where Corbin and Jet both got on the podium last time around. So we'll see what if they can put that together as well. And uh, Argentina, it's always... It's always a burn of a trip, so I hope that the the guys can walk away with the podium and just make that long trip worth it. So then, of course, uh, we have the Olympic test event. That's going to be a real interesting one to see how that track's shaping up. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> that track is really different. There's, It's kind of got a whole different kind of shape and design to it. The pro section and the split straightaway is actually on the third straightaway instead of the second. So the second straightaway is just some big triples that the girls will be able to do certain lines through. The guys are going to be able to triple through a little bit more. So I'm interested to kind of see how that works out. And I'm looking forward to going to Tokyo myself and just kind of checking out the venue and seeing the track and getting a little bit more scoop on that side of things to see what we're going to have to start preparing for for the Olympics. I think that track's going to be long and uh, we know it's going to be hot and humid. So it's going to be a demanding one for the riders. And I know that these guys are guys and girls are going to put on a good show for us. So that's kind of what's coming up in the next in the rest of the season. So for me now, like I said, I'm home for a week. The track doesn't really slow down. We got a ton of stuff going on, so it's pretty much just home and hit the ground running. Uh, we're straight back from a race and unpack the bags, build up the bike, run some track sessions, get all that stuff going on, and then fly out to Peru and then come back and start getting it all over again to get ready for uh, Louisville at the end of the month. So that's kind of all that's going on for me. I'd love to hear some comments from you guys. Let's see where we at here. We're a little bit over 25 minutes on this podcast. So if you guys have any questions, I'll, I'll see what I can do about getting this up more regularly. I'll try to get some scoop for y'all from the Pan American Games and see who does what and let you know how Team USA goes against the rest of the, the, the Americas on that one, North and South America. They'll be bringing some, some show and heat for us for sure. So that's kind of that's kind of all I got for the moment. Please make sure to reach out to me at TylerBrown316. That's all my social media. 
As always, I want to hear from you guys. If you got questions, if you got things that you want me to answer, I'll also do my best to kind of get back on some training videos on social media and put some more of those out. It's just, like I said, with, with so much going on here at the moment at summer summertime, it was hard to get too much content out for y'all, but I'll do my best to keep things going. And that's all I got for now. So thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to tell your friends about it. Like I said, hit me up on social media at TylerBrown316. And that is a wrap on this edition of the show. So we'll see you all, who knows, in probably another three months for the TBMX show. Have a good week, y'all. Talk to you later. We'll see you at the track. Bye.